want to talk to someone about it we need to talk to someone we about need to Louise. talk to someone about Louise. <laughs> Kate McMahon very bullying I'm seeing you through a screen as we normally do but I really wish I could hug you we are back in lockdown and I am really regretting Kate of the past reminiscing on duck cake about <laughs> <laughs> the positives of lockdown because I've been reminded <laughs> we'd take it all back yes I think I was with you in those rose colored wasn't it nice to have all that family time and now I'm like no family <laughs> in the bin and uh it's probably just as well that we're doing bin night because uh what a time for personal growth and never ending loops of just doing the same thing over and over <laughs> hi bins hi those dogs are back Oh, they got food. Gimme, gimme. Mary, I'm so excited to talk about Midnight. This is actually um, a real grower for me. So the first time I saw Midnight, I'm going to be completely honest, didn't think much of it. was like, oh, well, there's an episode. Um, <laughs> but having watched it now because, you know, we've seen all of the new season episodes so many times through iView, it has got layer upon layer of goodness and amazing, um, intricate patterns of movement. Um, I would like to dedicate this episode as well to one of our listeners. Yes. And, and this listener's name is Derek. Um, Derek McDonald, you are a legend. Derek <laughs> emailed us back in January with, I'm going to call it the master table. And and the master table is Derek systematically unpicking every single storyline that is crisscrossing through this episode, how it weaves, its inferred meaning, um, and and sort of tapping into that cycles of life. Um, yeah, it's it's incredible, and I can't wait to talk more about Derek, more about this whole thing. Yeah, I'm with you, Kate. The, the the size of this episode didn't hit me on the first few watches, but but definitely seeing it in a table has laid out that yeah, there are hang on, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine cycles to be keeping your eye on in this midnight episode that Derek has counted. And yeah, I, just, I think it's pretty comprehensive. Lost. I think there are nine. Yeah. yeah. And then there's musical cycles as well. So, oh, like, okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be a long episode. I can I feel it already. <laughs> hey, man. What about me? Just cardboard tonight, Yellow Ben. That's cool, man. I love cardboard. <laughs> so, before we get to those cycles, I want to touch on something that this episode is not, and it's it's rare that a Bluey episode is not this, it's not really a game, is it? Like there's a bit of play along the way, but it's rare to get a Bluey episode that doesn't focus on a game playing out, and, yep. yeah, this, this is one. I feel like this is the closest to an everyday ritual sort of that we get to see unfold, and the way that the narrative's constructed is so clever because it's, what do you reckon it is, Mary? Is it weekly? I think we see like six or seven. Oh, hang on. I need to consult Derek's <laughs> chart. Um, so he's saying that we see six 
different cycles through this um this episode so that's pretty intense that's like one minute each one yeah ah okay so so yeah like obviously taking out the bin well maybe not obviously in Australia six times is taking out the bin and the bin's being collected (laughs) but I don't think this is six weeks worth of bluey life this is bins being taken out at kind of possibly regular intervals possibly not but over over months do you reckon yeah, I felt like there was a change of the seasons through this potentially. Like they start with their breath all huffy and then by the end of it, it doesn't seem to be huffy. Oh, perhaps it's a whole year. Who knows? Well, because the mango tree as well is actually a cycle I was keeping my eye on that um, the mangoes are on the tree and then on the ground and then the tree's bare and that seems to come and go a bit. But, yes, the breath as well kind of, yeah, it, it is cold or as cold as what – Queenslanders complain about as cold. Um, <laughs> that was that was my one gripe with the episode because we like lived in Queensland for a couple of months um, when Will was a baby, and uh, yeah, it was de- depths of winter in, in like talky earmarks because like it was like twenty five every <laughs> every day in Celsius. Like it was amazing, and even at night, it really wasn't cold. <laughs> Okay, so let's get into the cycles and perhaps perhaps I'll rattle them off as Derek's named them and if we think of any more throughout the episode or if you think of any more, let us know. Mm. Um, but so the cycles are Bingo's Day yes, and, and her experiences at daycare, uh, the bins being put out, obviously, uh, the, the relationship with Doreen and what she's mm. up to with the bingo ladies or the mahjong ladies? Mahjong. Mahjong ladies. I think this mahjong. is where um, uh, Rita and Janet get their got to go to mahjong. <laughs> They're yes, getting okay. directly from Doreen. So, and, hey, this is the first time we meet the healer's other neighbour, so that's exciting. It is, yes, absolutely. Um, the crow is a recurring uh, theme. Um Parental advice, both Chili and Bandit are kind of doling it out. Mm. Bluey's future career is one of the ongoing uh, conversations and a cycle we go through. Uh, The moon cycles, uh, the recorder performance uh, and practising cycles and um, Bluey's karate belt. I reckon a lot of people were probably watching that one. She progresses from white to yellow in the course of this episode. Mm. Yeah, even though we only really see her do a few little hi-yahs, yeah, obviously her karate skills are progressing there as well. So, so much going on. Like, you know. And that's before you mentioned the mango tree. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Okay, I'm adding the mango tree to that list. Um, (laughs) Do you have a favourite cycle amidst all these cycles, Kate? Oh, it's definitely the music. Is it too soon to talk about the music? Let's do it. All right. So, Mary, my favourite thing about Bin Night is the music. And I love it because just like the plot lines that we're seeing unfolding and evolving on the screen, even though it's the same activity, it's sort of moving on and progressing in different ways. And that is exactly what's happening with the music. So we have this recurring theme every time the bin's taken out and um, it starts off very staccato. Staccato means that each note rather than being long, it's played la, you know, like one very short note. 
And at the start, it's quite slow and you have instruments playing one at a time. Hey, how was kindy, Bingo? Good. There's a new kid. His name's Banjo. So, ah. and then as the theme evolves with the plot, so we've got the six cycles of plot mm-hmm. and we've got the six sort of repetitions of the music, each time the music evolves, each time uh, we see starting to layer instruments, we see notes becoming longer, more seamless, more flowing, and to the final cycle where all the instruments are playing together, the tension is resolved and um, that's that beautiful melody all brought together. Hi, Moon. How's Kindy, Bingo? Good. I can hang on the monkey bars longer than anyone else. Oh, way to go. Now, there are a couple of other bits of the music which I just think Given it's a seven-minute kids show, I mean, just amazing. <laughs> it's still a seven-minute kids show. <laughs> I know. Like we could talk about this for quite a long time. Um, there is a really lovely little excerpt of some great spy music in this um, when um, Bluey is protecting Doreen's um, bin from the crow after the Mahjong girls have been over. Okay. Um, and we see almost like James Bond Bluey, which I think is terrific. Don't worry, I'll keep you bin safe. Thanks, Bluey. <laughs> other thing i really love and this is very unusual is uh for for bluey because so much of the score in bluey you know is is there all the time and every time they're sitting on the step waiting for the bin natural sound Ah, okay. So it's a pause. It's kind of yeah. the reset on all the cycles. Yes. So like every time that you see Chili sitting on that step, all you hear are beautiful birds calls. You hear the the noise of the truck as it starts to rumble along. And then we start to get this introduction of Bluey playing the recorder. So it starts off as a few squeaky notes. And then by the end of it, she's absolutely nailing this really lovely little tune. Um, fun fact, the musician that Joff got to play that uh, tin whistle, I think, or recorder theme. No, uh-huh. sorry, it is a recorder, sorry. Um, uh, that was the first time they'd ever played a recorder. <laughs> there is no one who's never played a recorder, really? Apparently. apparently like, he, <gasps> um, I mean, according to Joff's Instagram page, and he was okay. like, can you believe this guy's never played a recorder and he's just nailed it. So, because, um, <laughs> wow. you know. We, I just thought that was incredible and, um, you know, I guess if you want authentic learning to play a recorder sounds, you've got to go straight to the source, really, <laughs> don't you? Nailed um, it. It's so clever. Um, I know we talk um, so often about how the music is almost its own character. I think here it is its own cycle and it's progressing those plot. We see, um, for example, when... There's the tension later on, um, you know, beautiful bass low notes. So the music is every recycle is getting faster to the point where it's super, super, super fast. Uh-huh. And then when Bandit stops to listen to um, Bingo, which we'll talk about in a minute, there's these big low notes that just come in and it's almost like the music is holding that space for Bingo as Bandit is holding that space for Bingo. It's just... Musically melts my heart. 
I said, I'm not stubby. And then Felix said, yes, I am. Oh, come here, mate. Thanks for telling me, kid. It's good to get that stuff out, isn't it? You have brought up so much of the plot we need to get to now. Yes. I'm, you're talking we, about that as well. It's um, I'm making me really glad we're doing this episode straight after Handstand mm. because I feel like um, what you were describing there with the music and kind of all being quite separate and staccato and then finally all coming together is very much how maybe not so much the music but how the plot of Handstand played out as well. Mm. And even even though actually I think Bin Night aired earlier in the season than Handstand, I'm wondering if these two episodes were written um, at a similar time or with kind of very similar mindset from mm. Joe. Yeah, it would be really interesting because they both have that sort of exploration of the things in life that repeat you know, yes. and, and those little moments which are probably really insignificant a lot of the time, but over time um, they can build up and be so meaningful um, and you see and they're a marker for progress as well. So, yep. Let's oh, get into the plot, okay. Mary. You, you've convinced me the music is my favourite cycle, but, yes, <laughs> of the non-musical cycles, I am desperate to get into these. Um, so the girls are tagging along with Bandit. And they're wheeling the wheelie bin out to the curb and playing a bit of a game. Bandit's pretending that the bin like lid is the mouth uh, and making them talk. Pretty classic. Yeah. Do you have Rastafarian um, bins in your house, Mary? <laughs> <laughs> I do not, although that's uh, now made me think twice of Cool Runnings because um, <laughs> when you said, you know, you could see uh, their breath on the air, I can only ever think of one thing when I think of breath on air. Jamaican <laughs> bobsled team. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, but uh, specifically um, one of the characters asking uh, Sanka, the, the crazy one, like what he's smoking, and he's like, I'm breathing. And, yeah, uh, that seminal moment of life for me, obviously. I, I have no idea why, but <laughs> anyway. I can't believe that of all the random films from the 90s, <laughs> that scene has stayed with you. <laughs> it will never leave. Um, <laughs> you poor thing. You good Jamaican bobsled team. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so, uh, no, but. We, and we have never played bins uh, taking on human and or dogonoid form before, but uh, had an amazing visit with my parents um, in the past couple of months and autumn is has hit very hard here in Melbourne and, yeah, mum and dad's like, how are we going to play with the kids approach was like, oh, there's lots of leaves out the front to sweep up for you kids in and it was the greatest day of their life. And, really? And Cass oh, off my- his own bat. Um like picked up the lid, like he was on his tippy toes to push up the lid and make it talk. He's like, more leaves, please. (laughs) Oh, my God, that is adorable. So, yeah, uh, I think it's a very, uh, very easy game to latch on to if your two-year-old can do it. So, yeah. Spring rice, though. That's not so good. Oh, wait. Are these? Yeah. Spring rolls. So there's lots of little things going on in this scene. We see... um, it's clearly karate night because yeah, Bluey is wearing her karate outfit. She's got a white belt around her waist. And then Bingo is talking about her day at kindy. Uh, and we also see the moon. Um, where did this go for you, man? Uh, 
Well, yeah, like we said, um, no obvious game. It's it's almost kind of on first watch, just feels very meandering and not really going anywhere. But, um, yeah, taking out the bins has never been an activity at this house. Oh, it's, God, no. Which, no. It's something that's either done in a panic on yeah. Friday morning or, like, very late on a Thursday. Yeah. It's like, did you put the bins out? No. All right, one of it, you know, and then it's rock, paper, scissors to decide who. But, yeah, perhaps it is the cycles of life that could make bin night uh, more achievable for us. You know, once once the kids are old enough to have karate night and we know that's also bin night, perhaps Perhaps that'll be the thing that finally makes us remember to put out the bin. Um, I doubt <laughs> it. Nothing worse than like doing the dash. Do you ever do the dash? Like you hear the bin coming oh, and oh, like, yeah, did you put yeah. out the bins? That is a common activity. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'm in, so invested in so many of the plots of this episode and mm. the one that kind of comes to the fore first is Bingo and how she's going with banjo at Mm. daycare and yeah obviously so invested in how little bingo is feeling at any given time but also so invested in the idea that there might be a a kinder or a daycare kind of debrief because that does not happen at this house what about will Look, it's a limited debrief but usually it comes out in different ways so um okay so it used to be much better and I'll tell you why it used to be better is because we had a four o'clock pickup and I Uh would go and pick him up and then I would walk him home right Um, and then I went back to work and so I was I'm working from home um the days he's at kindy and uh I was I went out to go get him one day and had a, a meeting at like four four thirty, I think. Uh-huh. And Will decided he didn't want to walk on driveways. <laughs> so oh. so it was, we're like a block out of kindy. And I was like crossing a driveway. I'm like, you're right, mate. And he's like, I can't cross that. I'm like, what do you do? A driveway's a lava? Like, is that what was going on? I think so. Like, it was a very slightly different shade of concrete. And he just didn't like the fact that the line was there. And in the end, like, we navigated down the very thin line between the bits of cement. Mm -hmm. Like, but. It was just I've been scarred since and I've been driving him ever since (laughs) (laughs) uh, because it took me 45 minutes to get home and I was very late to that meeting and quite often I'm trying to just like squeeze in the pickup and then get back to it until I need to do the other daycare pickup. Oh, wow, that is epic. (laughs) I'm I'm sad about it, man, because I've lost that time and so much – stuff would come out in that side-to-side walking when we weren't rushed. And I'm actually trying to find ways that we can sort of bring that back. I mean, the weather's cold and miserable in Melbourne at the moment anyway. Uh Um, And, you know, we could all die from COVID apparently. So. (laughs) Because <laughs> I'm living in a hot spot. But, fingers um, crossed not. But fingers yeah. crossed. Uh, well, yeah, very low chance. Um, um, but, but, yeah, oh, but yeah. I'm really missing that as that debrief time. Why don't you try and play with Banjo today? Why? Well, it can be hard being the new kid. He might like having someone to play with. Okay, Mama. Yeah, I'm trying to find ways that I can bring that in regardless because we'll, if I sit down with him and I'm, like, looking at him and saying, how was your day, mate? 
he's not really that like he might just say good or something like that mm. but if um if we're doing something together like walking or you know concentrating on other things then all these little bits of information tend to come out um, yeah interesting because mm. yeah I, the car I find is a terrible place to try and have that chat and yeah. perhaps perhaps walking is well in this episode as well um mm. yeah the the walk and the you know lack of other distractions is kind of a good space for it to tumble out um do you get much of a kindy debrief from bon at the moment because we've just moved house and we've just changed kindies i think he does suddenly have more to tell me because it's all a bit new and interesting but it's been a month and yeah we're we're back to a what happened nothing (laughs) (laughs) oh god um and I'm like yeah just seeing years of schooling ahead of me with that repeated conversation so yeah it's kind of it feels like the pressure time um to start getting that conversation happening and right and Mm. yeah perhaps perhaps it's going to be bin night that makes all the difference maybe (laughs) maybe that would require organization So let's go through maybe some of the cyclical bits of the plot, sure. I think. So um, we start off by this introductory cycle, if you like, with, you know, we meet Doreen, we see Bingo talking about kindy, we see um, Bluey um, doing some karate moves, and then the next day is Chili sitting with the girls on the front step waiting for the bin guy and Mr Crow flies down onto the bin. Um is this a thing, Mary? I don't think I've ever seen birds attacking the garbage on the street. Wow, you must have a, a different type of garbage in your street or a different <laughs> type of crows because, yeah, crows on bins. Um, really? I see that all the time, yeah. Oh, my God. Maybe I'm just not paying attention to. Look, probably also, you know, in the Queensland heat, uh, bins mm. might be stinkier, so more inclined to attract crows am I just throwing shade now I don't know if that's actually (laughs) like um and sometimes you see a completely like just desiccated bag and the contents spilling and the happiest crows in the world kind of on the ground pecking at their spoils um I mean there's a reason there's bin chickens in Australia right the ibis is the maligned bird for for attacking bins in this way yeah Yeah, and they've got the beak for it as well like they're a much longer beak than a crow Mm -hmm. but a crow's arguably a sharper beak so they can kind of get through that bin bag (laughs) yes um yeah they seem wilier as well I don't know why like yeah very yeah and the crows (laughs) around our place are a gigantic like Cass actually looked into the backyard the other day I was like what is that why is it so big it's and a I'm a flying like, dog yeah no. yeah <laughs> uh so yeah we've noted with terror the size of crows but um but yeah I think like that is the reason that bins have lids right that well I yeah, guess also just stop smell so feral animals yeah there's yeah. probably many reasons actually but I feel like birds would be a big one yeah fair <laughs> <laughs> um, I was 
very excited to meet the the neighbor on the other side of the fence because we've met obviously judo judo's mum and then lackey on the back fence so that side of the fence was always the missing part of the puzzle for me yeah true meeting doreen has just been mind-blowing hi doreen hi oh your bin's full mr crow will be coming tomorrow and she seems so lovely Uh, so yeah you're winning the jackpot there oh far out doreen kids go and give her a hand okay thanks girls i had the ladies from mahjong around So over these cycles, Mare, we see um, this plot theme emerge in that Bingo is having a tough time at kindy with Banjo. Is there anything more heartbreaking than than having um, your child come home and say that for whatever reason someone's been mean to them? Oh. It is, and especially uh, another four-year-old with such a cute, dog name as Banjo. Like, this is really crushing me. (laughs) Yeah. So do you think that Banjo is named after Banjo Patterson, great Australian poet? Uh, Possibly. I feel like Banjo is just a good dog's name. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. But classic Australian name and also actually one of the dinosaurs in Winton is called Banjo. Oh, there you go. And one is called Matilda uh, after, yes, the two well, after Banjo Patterson and his most famous song. So oh, uh, Dinosaur Connection. Yeah, well, um, and Joe Brom, creator of Bluey, is from Winton. So, yes, it's all coming together <laughs> in one beautiful puzzle. How's kindy, Bingo? Good and bad. Banjo called me a bobo head. Again? What did you do? I told Mrs. Retriever. Um, yeah, has that ever happened to you where Bond's... Um, I don't know how to, not, he's a pretty assertive kid. I'm actually. Uh, yeah, up. I feel like Bond might be the banjo actually. Oh, no. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry, that is defamation. I do not know that for a fact, <laughs> but, uh, and I don't think he's ever thrown a hat in a bubbler, but um, yeah, I, it hasn't happened, put it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you? What happened? Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll like, so Will is really tall for his age and like me when I was a four-year-old growing too fast for my own body to keep up, he's quite uncoordinated and his speech is a little bit delayed and he has the biggest heart of gold. Um, but, yeah, I think um, just because of his size, sometimes he interprets like kids being mean to him um so the other day came home and he's like my friends wouldn't believe that I was four they said I must be six because I'm so tall and 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 I am four and I got he got really upset about it apparently oh that is such a conversation from this episode and yeah of course like yeah, oh, you want to be believed as a four-year-old or no, anyone else? I was so devastated that they wouldn't believe that he was four. So, um, yeah, I was really feeling bingo when she was going through that, you know, no, I must be two because my arms are too short sort of mm. thing. Anyway, it's hard, you know, there's so many conversations about um, how you can improve your kids' resilience and things. And I think what this episode of Bluey offers is a real masterclass for parents because um, there's so much action bias, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like bad stuff happens and we're all wired that we just want to get in there and fix it. And um, I really appreciated that subtle nuance actually through this that, 
neither Bandit nor Chili are rushing in to fix this. You know, they're not ringing up the school and demanding to speak to the teacher and Bandit's uh-huh. parents and um, absolutely legitimately sometimes those things need to happen. But I love that they were giving, um, you know, Bingo kind of the agency to work out what support she needed, you know, supporting her and checking that she was okay but um, kind of letting her work it out herself, a bit like bike, you know, how, you know, the parents sort of hanging back a little bit and just seeing what the kid does. Um, Definitely. Um, And even with the bandits kind of responses and he's the main one dealing with this um, Bingo's Tales of Woe uh, storyline, you can really see on his face that he doesn't have the answers to give anyway. I think the best piece of advice almost um, for that particular storyline comes from Mrs. Retriever or Mrs. Terrier. Anyway, Bingo Mrs. Retriever, yeah. Mrs. Retriever um, being called a bobo head. She's like, well, are you? Well, no. Okay, that's okay then. <laughs> and it kind of, that's actually a pretty good solution. Um, but, yeah, Bandit doesn't have the answer but he does acknowledge it's good to talk these things out and mm. and yeah that's that's what he's doing for bingo what's well, that um, hawthorne effect isn't it like so much good just comes from feeling heard and yeah and again time back to handstand being seen you know yeah yeah you know bingo when i was your age i was a bit stubby really yeah we're healers we're a bit stubby but we're tough. Mm. Both parents are sort of talking through that with Bingo, but then both parents are also talking with Bluey about her big narrative in this is what she wants to be when she grows up, Mm. which starts as a rubbish truck driver. (laughs) And um, wasn't it? Yes, you're right. Okay. I reckon you're on the money there Um, and progresses in every direction, but Chili at no point (laughs) does anything other than back her dreams and it's just so lovely. Or yeah, she, if you yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Both of them <laughs> just align again if you like. Yeah, which I think it, it takes being present and giving that space to actually have that conversation. I could see when Bluey decides she wants to be a scarecrow and Chili says, if you like, I could just see myself in that situation and instead say, well, that's not actually a job, honey. You can't be that. <laughs> Don't um, stand in the field all day. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Chili's kind of got the presence of mind to not shut it down, not, you know, this is Bluey dreaming big in every direction. And, yeah, let her work through it rather than rather than come in with the cold, hard reality, which I so really like. So is that a dichotomy here? Like are we seeing Bandit sort of step back and let the children lead with the hard thing? when they're putting the bins out and then we're seeing Chili step back and letting the kids lead when arguably it's a wonderful thing because I guess that's the sort of a style of parenting difference too. You know, you hear about tiger mums who are like pushing their kids to be these, um, you know, cardiologists and and lawyers and and neurosurgeons Mm -hmm. and things, engineers, Um, you know, and then, the more free-range parents who, uh, you know, just kind of try and embrace who their child is and what their interests are. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if that's a sort of a uh, it's so easy in those moments to jump in like you were saying there and, and go, oh, that's not a career or maybe you should think about <laughs> this. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and not taking that over and just um, seeing how it all unfolds. Mum, can I be an astronaut when I grow up? If you like. Great. Mm. Totally. Mm. Yes, there is so much unfolding in this episode. Um, I feel like it's like Shrek, like, you know, onions with layers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the the funnest cycle. Um, I said at the start, you know, personal growth, but it's just it's not just the healers getting personal growth in this episode. The crow also has its own trajectory. <laughs> um, lovely uh, long-time correspondents Mark and Gabby from Melbourne checked in on this one and Mark oh, said, uh, yeah, quick, he wanted to put in his early vote for the crow as MVP of the episode <laughs> uh, because revenge is sweet. Um <laughs> Standing yep. up to Bluey's terrible and then not so terrible recorder playing. Um, but yeah, I saw that as like, yeah, even crows can have personal growth. But on the flip side, also, the crow is a problem and everyone's, you know, and bingo especially is dealing with the problem. Problems aren't necessarily going to be solved. Sometimes problems grow balls and like come back at your <laughs> recorder playing. And. <laughs> Um, and, and yeah, perhaps you've got to make to peace the problem with that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I thought uh, not necessarily my MVP, but I thought the crow was a good lesson in why we're going to need resilience along the way. <laughs> <laughs> so who was your MVP, Mayor? Should we go there? Yeah, let's do it. Um, my MVP, I think, was Bandit because yeah, he was dealing with the trickier stuff. Um, and I thought he did it with patience and grace and charm and then also when Bluey comes up with her final idea of what she wants to be um he doesn't mirror Chili he does push back a bit but only because he values this time they're spending together so much he doesn't want robots to take it over yeah isn't that a beautiful like um lesson for all of us I guess we're all trying to outsource time with our children (laughs) sometimes especially in lockdowns like you know I love them but just give me five minutes of quiet, please. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been outsourcing to Paw Patrol. Uh, we got oh. um, a new streaming service, Binge, and um, we downloaded. That's where the, Paw the, Patrol is. Okay. Oh my god! And Will has smashed like five seasons in lockdown. <laughs> so it's just been on. Oh, lucky the there are so many seasons. That is uh, good to know. It um, is outrageous my sympathy yeah Uh, and and it's terrible I had no idea it is actually just really like I was I was hoping for another bluey (laughs) but no (laughs) it isn't I am not shocked (laughs) identifying with any of the particular dogs because they all have different kind of skill set careers don't they is yeah, he kind Marsh- of- marshall's his favorite so okay yeah, so that's um, the fire dog fire dog yeah it's his favorite color red and he's also taking to lining up everything from matchbox cars to bits of duplo now and pretending they're the poor patrol dogs oh so well it's very good for color recognition yeah like <laughs> Um, ah. But yeah, maybe he'll be a fire pup or just a really annoying dog cartoon when he grows up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> can you be more like follow your dreams? Follow your dreams. <laughs> um, one, one final thing. Oh no, who's your MVP? Oh, my MVP. Um, 
It has to be Doreen. I've thought about this. I agree yeah. with everything that you said about Bandit, but I was just so enamoured with her um, character, I think. You know, like she is the trusty neighbour next door. I When I grew up I had um, a lovely next-door neighbour called Lynn who just reminded me so much of Doreen. Like she mm-hmm. had um, her kids Sharon and Paul who she'd often like hollow down the street for and, um, Sharon, Paul, um, <laughs> and um, you know, Paul had like he became a mechanic, and all the car stuff was always in the driveway. And she was just like you know, proper eighties Australian mom with perm hair and like the long tunic top with the leggings and UGG boots and smoking a dart on the sidewalk and things like oh. that. I just, I just, I don't know. She was just the loveliest person and I just felt that instant, I guess, connection with Doreen being the lovely maternal lady next door who's looking out for the kids and keeping an eye on them and, you know, um, I loved the way that she played along with their games and she knew about Mr Crow and, you know, she understood their rhythms of life. I just, yeah, I uh may there be more neighbors like oh, doreen in the world you have no you've convinced me go doreen and you have man, people that understand your rhythm of life if someone could come and interpret my rhythm of life so i could understand it and then also <laughs> understand it with me that would be so lovely um I so like yeah there are professionals that could do that for you mary <laughs> rhythm of life professionals yeah maybe, maybe we should become a okay, rhythm of life coaches <laughs> I'm going to go to my favourite uh, line of this episode, which uh-huh. was, don't ask me, I just copy you. Has ne- There has never been a truer <laughs> saying. Like, does anyone actually ever know what night is midnight? Like, uh, just, I always just go out in the street, see what's out there and then put them out. So <laughs> when we lived I- in the southeast of um, England, there were like multiple recycling boxes. They're very into recycling. Everything had to be separated. I think we had eight different boxes Ooh. and crates and things that all had to be sorted and different ones went out on different days. And yeah, I you always we never knew which one was out. It was like <laughs> the mysteries of the universe and the bins. And we mm-hmm. just followed the neighbors every single time. Very fair. That's, yeah, what else can you, there is no other way. Um, And yet that is an amazing line. That's one for me as well, followed closely by... Yellow bin, where are you? It's not Yellow Bin's turn, Red Bin. (laughs) I miss you, Yellow Bin. It's okay, Red Bin. I think they're sisters. Yeah, talking bins, man, what a win. (laughs) I think the salad one was my favourite. That was a good one. Yeah. Mm. I love yeah. that when he was like, what's with the salad, man? Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay, two more quick points on this episode, and I think yes. we're nearly there. Um, one is, again, from Derek. Uh, he made the great point that bingo, this bingo storyline and all bingo's grievances show the importance of taking out the trash, and Ooh. that is a deliberate uh, and not not that Banjo's trash, but just, you know, airing your grievances, you know, dealing with the things that, that have caused issues during the day. Um, yeah, taking out the trash, he thinks, was a very kind of deliberate metaphor in this episode, which I loved. 
he also uh, had a fairly crushing point. This almost this might almost be a block your ears moment if you don't want uh, this episode shattered for you. If you're taking out the bin weekly, the moon cycle would not continue to line up with the bins. It's slightly different. Like it's not exactly 28. Hang oh, on. No. I, Do you really want to go there? <laughs> Derek says it wouldn't work. <laughs> I'm not doing the maths. Uh, someone, someone who's not recording a podcast late into the night, please let us know what, what that, what's going on there. How, how the maths of this episode could or couldn't work? Uh, yeah, because sometimes you get two full moons a month, right? So, like, yeah, yeah. like that's when but you that's get a, a blue calendar moon. month. Oh, actually, yeah, I'm not convinced by Derek's argument because 28 days is divisible by seven yeah but then not every month has 28 days in it yeah so. but but bins are week to week they're not monthly so yeah. Ooh, I don't know um, man maths was never uh, man, I'm sorry I even brought it up uh but yeah <laughs> thank you for pointing that out too <laughs> I look forward to the we know that now so, I mean episodes to come <laughs> can't wait um a, a quick uh we know that now from we mentioned Mark and Gabby earlier in the episode. Gabby also got in touch to say, um, listening to ABC Classic, very late to the party, but as we eventually correctly identified um, in uh, Funiculi Funicula. Yep. In Daddy Put Down, possibly. Yes, it was yep. Daddy Put Down. Yes. Okay, great. Um, she was listening to ABC Classic and found out that that is actually is written by Nikola Rinsky Kosovkov. Oh, Kos- Rimsky yep. Korsakov. Kosakov. Great. Thank you. I really should have handed this one over to you, Kate. That's but, okay. Uh, that in the actual name of the piece is the Neapolitan song. Mm. Uh, so yeah funiculi funicula just the words in the song and yeah she knows that thanks to abc classic but she didn't even know the piece unless it was for uh bluey so we're all learning so much and yeah that's <laughs> great further wow, we so know that like now. late romantic that's really Ooh, nice yeah okay mm, yeah that's when they were romance. using like um yeah late romantic era was all about like theme sort of music so artists um musicians would like try and paint pictures of stuff with their musical words so that's where you get Debussy you know doing those beautiful impressionist style music and then you get your Russian classics who just yeah I'm pretty okay. sure that's, god maybe I should google this before I just talk off no, the top no, of my no, head sounds pretty it was probably neoclassic or something <laughs> and there's like music nuffies out there just go Kate what are you saying what are you saying uh well why you google why don't I do one more final piece of mailbag hi to lovely Remy in Scotland who started listening to us back in April and has been binging while he knits uh, he's an uncle to twins who aren't into Bluey yet, but he's hanging out for it to happen. Um, and his knitting habits also got him wondering. He's seen lots of knitted uh, toys, uh, but hasn't seen any patterns for Bluey-themed uh, knits for adults, and he thinks that's a market that's just waiting to be cornered. So hi, Remy. Um understand you are caught up now uh but yes have been loving your correspondence and would love to see your knitting in action too so if you get to the bluey knitting um let us know and anyone else who is doing bluey knitting let us know so we can pass on the patterns to remy in scotland 
Um, neoclassical, late classical. <laughs> I think he's romantic. I think I'm safe. Oh, phew. Oh, We're done. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, We have taken out the trash, the bins, the mango tree and everything else. Uh, Kate? (laughs) Um, So my mind is just blown and I think this is almost going to be like a Where's Wally episode for me. I think every time I watch it I'm going to probably see something new and want to follow a different storyline. So, you know. I've got to watch more Bluey. It's it's oh, a problem. At least we've got the uh, the charts to do it with now. Yeah. So Are we thank to you share again, that? Derek. Ah, oh, look, I, I think I think we could. It might take a lot of Insta posts to cover it all, but we'll get there. <laughs> we could um, maybe do a section of it or something. Yeah, so, something yeah. like that. Thanks, um, Derek. You're legend. And if you would like to be in touch with us oh, yes. um, with similar charts for yes, your charts yeah we want it all <laughs> we are absolutely here for it you can email us it's blueypod at gmail.com you can contact us on facebook look up gotta be done the bluey podcast or at bluey pod on twitter we are at bluey podcast and on instagram we are at bluey pod please rate review like and subscribe uh we will like you back uh kate mcmahon it's been lovely. Uh, I'll talk Love to you your so work, soon. Mary. Good but luck with the bins. We're going to make bin night this week. It's the one takeaway. Uh, in the meantime, it's got to be, be done. done. Bye. Hey, yellow bin, are you sure you're meant to be here tonight? Oh, good question. Hey, Doreen, is it both bins tonight? Don't ask me. I just copy you. <laughs> <laughs>